what is up welcome back to modern day marketer how are you doing happy friday as this drops hopefully you have all had a nice productive week fired up about this one i'm joined by maiva cifuentes who is the ceo and founder of flying cat marketing we are talking about the holistic approach to seo and content how they work together how we should be thinking about those things as modern day marketers so much insight and information packed into this one. She knows her stuff. If you like what I'm doing over here, tell a friend that you're enjoying Modern Day Marketer. Without further ado, let's kick it to the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I am excited for this conversation. I am joined by Maiva Cifuentes. Did I say that Okay. Yeah, you said it perfectly, actually. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. She, I, I'm, I'm always trying to be mindful of names and making sure that they're pronounced appropriately. So Maiva, I'm, I'm excited for you to join us today. For If you don't know, she is the CEO of Flying Cat Marketing. She also has a podcast, FCM Podcast. We're going to be talking about the holistic approach to SEO and content. I'll shut up for now. Maiva, how are you? I'm awesome. Really excited to be talking to you today about holistic SEO. Modern day marketer, that's what we that's what we're here to do is learn how to do things the modern way. So I'm I'm pumped. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And maybe uh we can start here. You had a LinkedIn post that I saw. I don't know when you posted this, maybe a week or so ago, but I thought it was relevant to maybe as a backdrop and set the stage for this conversation. But you you mentioned something about comparing SEO to investing. I'd love for you to maybe for people who didn't see that post, maybe share your, you don't need to necessarily go line by line, but maybe share like your, the kind of the the thoughts you have around that, because I think it might make for a, a, a pretty good start to this chat. Sure. So I've probably made that analogy a few times and in different ways, <laughs> but the idea of it is, is basically this. So I've been learning about investing the last few years as I decided to start getting into it. And what all investment education will tell you is you're going to make the most kind of investment, the best of your investment, if you're in it for the long run. So the, the biggest impact you can do is starting earliest and being consistent with it. So there's different kinds of investing. There's obviously the day traders who trade in one day. They buy stocks just to be able to sell them immediately. And then there's the value investors who buy stocks and they hold on to them. So I've made some kind of analogies that actually anger some people (laughs) Uh, when I compare, for example, PPC or kind of short-term growth hacking things to day trading and uh, organic SEO to value investing, long-term investing. And when I say that, I don't mean to discount the value in a strategy of PPC or discount the value of uh, any kind of paid social. I think it has immense value. And also some kinds of paid social are also long-term and do contribute to organic, but now I'm going on a tangent. Uh, So I don't mean to say that those aren't valuable because I think that they really are. But if you're an investor, the way that you're going to end up in a really, really comfortable situation and really be hedged against this kind of volatility uh, that we're experiencing right now, for example, is by value investing. It's by putting things in consistently uh, and not needing to remove it immediately. And then when you're out of this economy, all of the people who are going to be in the best shape are the ones who are 
value investors all along. So it's an analogy that I like to make to, to just say, uh, you know, keep putting into it. And it's, it's really what's going to hedge you against future volatility. I love it uh, so much because I think there's so much about what we're doing in marketing is uh, you can break it down from a, a long term to a short term or a playing the long game to a transactional, uh, having a transactional mindset. And I feel like um, SEO, it's all about the time investment and putting in the time you put in from a from a content perspective, optimizing it. And it's not something you can just flip on and it happens overnight. It takes time. I'd love to maybe understand a little bit from you. It, we get, we have a lot of like uh, different types of marketers who listen to this show and a lot of them battle the conversations on SEO with kind of their boss or their boss's boss, where maybe someone doesn't quite understand like how the strategy plays out and how it's kind of a long tail and how it takes mm-hmm. time. Like what, what sort of advice do you have maybe to anyone out there listening? Who's like in the middle of these conversations on trying to prove the worth of SEO to their boss or their boss's boss? This is a tough, a tough sell if the bosses don't get it and they're trying to see immediate month on month growth. So there's a couple of ways to look at this. I like to use benchmarking data. Basically, you say, this is what we've achieved here. And for example, we haven't even invested in it yet. Uh, results follow investment, first of all. So a lot of websites are achieving a little bit of results in SEO. Uh, and they'll either say, yeah, that's working fine. Or they'll say it doesn't work. And so they don't want to invest in it further because they're seeing a little bit happening. So what I would do is uh, that kind of objection is is usually that followed by saying results are followed. Results come from investment. So you have to really build a strategy around it, get some benchmarks, get some data. It's a tough conversation to have, and it really revolves around the CEO's goals. <laughs> what are they trying to achieve? This is a hard question, Brett, because it really depends on... Uh, the company that we're talking about and what kind of marketing they've already done and what's the reason for investing in SEO. And honestly, I don't think that every single company needs to invest in SEO, especially depending, it. <laughs> it depends on the product yeah. and it depends on the, the stage of maturity. I love the, I love the pushback and um, which is good for this conversation because to me, I don't think there's no blankets. Like we yeah. do it this way. It's all flowers. Like, so I appreciate the pushback, but uh, totally like, agree with your sentiment and, and framing around it. Um, I just think, and you know, this, this is your world. Like SEO is super complicated and it means different things to different marketers. And I just think the more we can have conversations about the differences and the intentions around it, I think the better. I agree. And it's all, it's, it doesn't have to be that complicated. I think that it can be broken down into so when you get into very technical things yeah the the really the minutia of it is hard to grasp but the overall concept of it doesn't need to be that hard to understand uh, and unfortunately there's a lot of consultants or even in-house people who don't know how to explain it or they don't want to explain it because they don't really know what they're doing uh, so they try to hide behind this it's too complicated for me to explain it to you but it doesn't really have to be totally let's get into the topic because you said something on 
when we first met in our call and I, I thought about it for a minute and I was like, you know what? Like I've never thought about kind of marketing from a holistic perspective, the way you framed it out. And I think like we all aspire to live these holistic lifestyles, but like translating that and what it means to being holistic to marketing. I just, I've never connected the dots, but you connected those dots for me. So I want to talk about it because I think um, this would be helpful for the audience, but maybe like, first, let's start with like talking a little bit about just like what, like defining, uh, having a, being a whole, having a holistic lifestyle and kind of what that means to you. And then we'll get into what that might mean for marketers. Love it. Yeah. I really like this analogy because it really helps understand SEL a little bit more. It helps people click (laughs) about why you can't just say we're publishing a bunch of content or we're building these backlinks. It really needs to be holistic. So people, us humans, to feel fulfilled, we really have to address these various pillars in our life. We have uh, physical health, we have spiritual health, we have a, a social life, and we have mental health. And these are things that I could pay attention 100% to one of them and be the most physically healthy person ever. But if I don't have any friends, and if I don't do any work on my own mental health, I'm not going to be a fulfilled person. There's going to be something missing. And the same goes if I'm spending all of my time with friends and have the, the most amazing social life, but I never move my body and all I eat is junk food. I'm also going to feel horrible. So you could really apply this to all of them. And the the goal is to have a balanced life and also to pay attention to the places that need paying attention to, to prioritize what is lacking. So to translate that into marketing, especially SEO, because I really see it in the way SEO, because SEO is doing all of these things to your website. I mean, that's that's what it is. The website is the person. So if you look at the website and say, okay, this is a person, my website is Brett. <laughs> um, so if my website is Brett, I want it to have all of these, to address all of these pillars that need addressing for it to be fulfilled, for it to be able to achieve the goals. So if I want the physical health, that means that Uh, We have the architecture of the website is easy to follow. It's strong. It operates quickly. It it has all of the technical aspects in place. That's the physical health. Then you have the social life. Uh, Are you connected to other places in the internet? Are other websites linking to you? Can Google crawl you through your network? Uh, That's really what the social life is. Then you have uh, the mental health So mental health is how well-researched is the content that you're publishing? How uh, thought out is it? Uh, You know, how many other people have you talked to? How connected is it to the actual topic at hand? And then you have the spiritual health, which is how aligned is everything that you're doing here uh, with your ultimate business goals, with your ultimate objectives? Is it actually contributing to that? And are you doing things that contribute to your spiritual (laughs) fulfillment. So this is a, how I see holistic SEO. And this is why you really have to pay attention to all of the different areas, all of the different pillars of SEO and not just one of them. All I kept thinking about as you're describing this is how just in my own career and in my own personal life, how I there were so, so many moments in time where I did not have a balanced approach with how I did marketing or how I lived my life. And I index in certain areas. And then at the end of the day, like I never quite 
was able to get the results that I wanted or didn't even know I could go for until I maybe with age and maturity, take a step back, zoom out and try to piece all of these things together. So I love the analogy. It makes a ton of sense to me. I'm, I'm just, I'm curious, like how how did this all shape and come to you in this way that you're able to sit on a podcast and talk about it? I'd love to dig in a little deeper on where this came from. I think it's probably simultaneously me figuring all of this out for my personal life (laughs) and, uh, you know, figuring out, I actually need to balance all of those things. All the little things do add up. Uh, I'm 32. Am I 32? I'm 32 now. (laughs) Um, And just like coming into my, like in my twenties, I was always very ambitious, going super hard, ignoring some parts of my life in favor of other ones. Uh, And ever since I've been in my thirties, which hasn't been that long, but uh, I've really been focusing a lot more on balance. Like everything matters, all the little things add up and it's all interconnected. So I've also been doing SEO for a while. And as I'm, I was always a lot more content focused. So for the majority of my SEO career, it was just publish content, publish content. And that does move the needle. That does bring results. But as I started just experimenting with bigger websites and spending more time with very talented SEOs I, and, and just running experiments, we had one of our strategists on a, on a SaaS company that recently signed with us within two months, just doing some technical stuff not publishing a single piece of content, which I would have never thought to do, not publishing one single piece of content, just fixing other things going on their website, increased paid signups by 125%. So, you know, just these little things um, that all matter. I just started to connect the dots. I like, I guess I like doing analogies. I have more analogies that might come up later. (laughs) We'll take them. Um, (laughs) Uh, So Uh, it all, it all is connected. I love it. I I love the call out on the technical stuff. I I will be the first to admit SEO is a complete blind spot to me as a marketer. I've never been in the SEO seat. I know you need it, but when it comes down to like the the technical SEO side, it's like you might as well read Greek to me. I have no idea. So I I do know, like, I think that's an incredible call out because I've been in these engagements with people who are a lot smarter than me, who are experts in this. And I had the same takeaway. It was like, first, let's like actually not do anything with content. Let's take a step back and analyze loading images on your website. Let's like, what's slowing you down? Let's look at the speed. And it's just, it's incredible that like taking a step back and looking at some things that you didn't even really know had an impact on people finding you, um, what that can do for you and your brand. Yeah. I mean, that's, you hit the nail on the head there. The, The really, the important thing is, before you create any content, before you do keyword research, don't do any keyword research yet. Some people just dive right into that and start creating pages. Take a step back. Take a look at what your situation is, what we have. So in our uh, framework, foundations, growth, and scale, we set things by impact. And sometimes we can even change the impact depending on the website itself. But we set all of these things to look at based on impact, And then based on, is it done? Is it not done? Is it partially done? And then sometimes we can even put not applicable and you'll find a lot. Sometimes a lot of technical things need to be addressed. And sometimes technical SEO doesn't matter. Like it's already, if if the website's really small, there's not much technical SEO that you're going to need to do in that case, that's going to drive an impact. So just taking a look at what's the situation on your actual website right now, what levers do you need to pull? 
in what order uh, and compare that as well to what's happening in the market. So in the market, not just not just the your industry or your direct competitors, but also your indirect competitors who are people fighting for attention, for the same attention over the same kind of audience. Where are they at? Where are you at? Where do you need to get at? Uh, and look at all of these things, looking at the technical off page, on page, then it starts to make sense where you can start to what levers you need to pull and how to prioritize things. Uh, but you really need to look at that before you can even set a goal. That's that's the what's going to help you set a goal. And that's what's going to help you know what plays to make. I'm a fan of frameworks because I think they give you a peek behind the curtain regarding how the sausage is made and what what ends up happening on the other side. And you mentioned the foundation growth and scale framework. I'd love for you to maybe kind of unpack like the, what that framework like does and how, what it means to you at at Flying Cat and how you work with your clients through this and just anything you want to shed on it. Sure. So we were talking earlier about how SEO takes a while and it's a long-term investment and that is true, but you actually can create an end goal and make a blueprint, work your way backwards to actually get the fastest and most efficient way to effective results. So this is kind of what we're going after. Yes, SEO takes time. Yes, you need to be in it. You need It's, it's like a lifestyle choice. <laughs> you need to choose that as that's going to be a channel for the long run. But you can make certain decisions that are going to make things move in the right direction faster and you can accelerate and get to a certain endpoint. So this is what we're looking at it. We look at our, our clients this way. We want to, we analyze everything and say, what's the best possible scenario? If everything, if we put everything into it, where is the best possible place you can be? Because it, it might be different for different industries. I can't go into some super niche industry and say, if I threw all of my money into SEO, could I get to like a hundred million users per per day that are relevant and that are going to convert? Probably not. If the industry is super niche, if I'm going after cybersecurity CTOs or something, I don't know. It might not all be that relevant. So what we first want to figure out is what is the best possible scenario? What's it going to take to get there? What's the next best possible scenario? You know, based on our budget, based on actually what is possible to do, what are all the possible scenarios? And then we work our way backwards from there. So we run it through the the, the scorecard that we have, which is the foundation's growth scale scorecard. We look at five different pillars and that's the technical SEO. So a lot of the things that we talked about, JavaScript rendering stuff, I'm not going to get into it now. <laughs> All the exciting stuff. Yeah, all the really fun (laughs) stuff that definitely will not make people's eyes glaze over. (laughs) Uh, Then we have uh, the conversion optimization. Basically, like, A, do you understand where users are coming from? So we work with some attribution vendors and set that up. We add the, how did you hear about us? So this is really like a lot of demand gen work. Uh, We don't go fully into that, but we do want to be able to see what kind of impact we're doing so that we can optimize based on that. So, and then we also look at what, what percentage, what percentage is the organic traffic converting into demos or free trial signups? And what's the benchmark? So we want to try to get everything else up and we want to try to figure out why isn't it converting? Maybe some, you know, sometimes you find pages that don't even have CTAs on them at all. So, oh, well, that's an easy find. But basically we investigate, we look at these metrics and we try to bring them up. Then we also look at UX. Is everything following best practices? 
do the users have a good experience? We look at some some hot jar recordings, those kind of things. Uh, and we try to just make sure that everything is set up there appropriately. Uh, and then we have content. So content is actually just a small pillar, not a small pillar. It's a very important pillar, but it's uh, just one pillar <laughs> of the whole thing. So content is going to be depending on where you are, if you're in foundations, growth or scale, but in foundations, for example, we're looking at things like, do you have every feature page optimized, every feature plus use case, every feature plus business vertical, all these long tail permutations, do you have a page for each of them so that we're capturing all of this bottom of the funnel intent? Uh, Additionally, do you have a page for every single one of your competitors? This is one that we get a lot of pushback on because people don't want to talk about their competitors. Uh, because for some reason, they think that if somebody types in the competitor name and searches for them, that you're going to make them discover that competitor. But in search, they already know. They typed the name in themselves. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you can optimize pages for it. Uh, so we want to create all of those two and all of basically everything bottom of the funnel. And then in growth, it starts to go into pain point SEO and those kind of things. And we just have a, a structure of the kind of keywords, seed keywords and the modifiers that we want to create pages for. A lot of people... Ha- ask, how do you know, how do you come up with topics to publish? This is a challenge for them. And the way that we do this framework, it, the, the, pro, the challenge is just the time we need to create all of the content that needs to be created. There's so many pages that need to be created and at a quite a velocity. So we have technical health, we have uh, UX, we have content, we have conversions, and then we have competitive positioning, mm. which is extremely important. Basically, where do you stand against your competitors in terms of how often they're publishing, where they're ranking, and how many links they're getting from what kind of domain authority, those kind of things. Where do you stand and what's it going to take to be able to get there? So we look at all of these different things. Uh, we prioritize based on your current standing and then it makes it really easy to see what we need to do every quarter to get to the ultimate goal. I love how like this this framework um, and you talking listening to you talk through it talks a lot about a lot of stuff and not necessarily prioritize this content where content's a part of it. But then it's like if we're talking about a holistic approach, right? We've got to consider all of these factors and just as content people, if we're out there creating content sometimes. We don't necessarily think about all of these important factors that are not allowing that are might be roadblocks or obstacles that are in the way from your content actually Mm -hmm. being seen. So I think that I just love like the emphasis on some of the other stuff that content people don't necessarily think about always. Totally. And it's also about understanding what content you need to create in what order. So there's always, I mean, it doesn't really matter when you publish it. You could create them all at once and publish them all at once. Um, you know, some people are like, oh, well, we have a uh, Christmas is coming up soon. So we should, and it's like, it's going to be for next Christmas, you know, <laughs> don't, don't worry about that. This is a long term, like we're going to publish when we publish uh, the faster we can go. Obviously, the faster we're going to build all these assets that we need. So the timing isn't so important, but the order is important. And the order is important because you want to start with bottom of the funnel because you want to start generating revenue faster. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really it, the way that we do it. So I know that a lot of companies are focused on building brand awareness. Uh, and of course that we can kind of change the strategy if that's really the end goal. I think most of the time the end goal is going to be revenue. Uh, and in that case, you need all, all those bundle, bottom of the funnel pieces in place. So you start generating revenue earlier instead of at the end. 
Uh, but you do also need to focus on other parts of the funnel because you want to be touching the user at every point in their journey. I love it. Can we um, maybe spend a, a second or two talking about content? And I'd love to maybe get your uh, understand When we were chatting, you were talking about just like the journalist perspective to content creation. And I think like you mentioned research when you're talking about holistic and the mental side of things. I think I'm fascinated by like this, this transition of like the journalist mindset into B2B. And I've talked with a lot of B2B marketers who are former journalists or think like a journalist. And I think those that are operating that way are the people that are likely the ones making really good, thorough content that is actually going to stick and be memorable and be helpful. So maybe share some perspective on just the journalist's approach to content creation from your end. Yeah, this is actually a big pillar of ours is taking this approach to it. The problem I've had actually people on sales calls who are serious and they were asking me just, is it going to, am I going to be able to share the content or is it going to be so SEO-y? You know, I mean, I don't mind as long as it gets me results, but it, like, is it going to be horrible? <laughs> uh, and I'm saying, what do you mean you don't mind? And how is it going to get you results? It's not. Love it. It's not. So the, the thing is, is that they're thinking about results as in maybe it's going to get them to rank. Maybe it's going to get them traffic. But um, if you're selling to C-levels, you're selling to VPs or any kind of B2B person and your content's unreadable, why would that give you results? Nobody's going to take a next step. So, but then the problem is you can't, if, if you're trying to write to C-levels, you're trying to understand their pain points, you're trying to understand what they're going through. Uh, the main person who understands that are is going to be these stakeholders or internal experts or other people, but they're not always the best writers and they're also not available to write. <laughs> and they're also, uh, you know, they don't have the marketing mindset. So the choice is between some people see the choice as, okay, we're going to get a content marketer. They're going to look things up on Google and they're going to write a piece without any insight. And then, and then people are saying, well, we get traffic, but it doesn't convert. So SEO is not a good channel. Well, in B2B, you need to have a journalistic approach. You need to, and this means basically involving other stakeholders, involving subject matter experts. For us, we're always interviewing the clients, for example, or we're interviewing, we find other people that are subject matter experts or that are uh, customers in some cases to try to get their pain points, their, their perspective on it. And it makes a really, really big difference. You see it in the engagement metrics. We get sometimes reading times of over 10 minutes, uh, which is crazy for SEO. Uh, and it, it converts much better. And it's really not relying on the writer to do all of their own research by themselves and have this, uh, I think John Bonini from Databox calls it a sing single perspective. I think that's what he calls it, sing single perspective writing. Uh, but it, it, it shouldn't be that way. It's actually that they are finding other stakeholders like a journalist who would write about a topic that they might not be experts in, but they go and find people, they go and find all of these other perspectives and patch them together into a narrative that then helps push the product or push the, the, the connect it in a way that's actually meaningful. And this is a really important part of SEO content. Many people don't think so. They think that for some reason, a lot of people think that SEO content can just suck and that's fine, but I don't know why it's not, it's not the case. If it's part of your growth strategy, if it's supposed to be really driving revenue and you're in B2B with busy decision makers, it needs to be very well researched and it needs to provide 
unique value that they're not going to find elsewhere. And, and a writer is not going to be able to just do that by themselves. I'm going to refrain from commenting. I'm, what I'm going to do is just say retweet all of this because I could go <laughs> on and on and on and on and on and on forever. And people don't need to hear me talk about it again. So totally agree. Maybe Take us home with this. So you've shared a lot, holistic approach, um, technical SEO, content creation, steps to take. There's inevitably someone listening to this podcast who is in a content role who maybe dabbles in SEO or works with someone close to their team on SEO, not necessarily getting the performance that they want from their content, know that there's some sort of issue. What like what sort of advice or recommendations do you have for that individual on kind of first steps? What should they be doing? So this is pretty timely. I had I just was just talking to somebody who came to me exactly with the same problem. So one thing that I would want to say first is, are you writing for a channel? Like, do you have a specific channel in mind? Are you specifically writing for search or are you writing something and then you add some keywords in and then you share it on, on LinkedIn? Uh, because that generally doesn't work. I had somebody come to me the other day and they said, we were writing this really well-researched content. They, they had gone all the way to write the best possible content, but they didn't write it for any specific channel. So they shared it on LinkedIn. It obviously didn't get picked up on Google because it wasn't optimized. They didn't really think of that beforehand. And they said, maybe you could give us some keywords after, but it doesn't work that way either. And it just didn't perform, even though they had put all the work into it. So the tips I would say is think about what channel you're going to write for beforehand. If you're writing for SEO, then you need to think of actually not just a keyword beforehand. You can't think of the keyword after. You need to think of the keyword before. And if you're thinking of the keyword before, then actually you need to think of the whole kind of approach before. What topic are we writing about in general? And how many angles am I going to write about this topic? You can't write you can't write just one kind of random topic and then another random topic, even if it's somewhat interconnected in SEO, it's not just based on the keyword. It's really writing about the same topic repeatedly is what's going to, what is it? The, the rising tides lift all boats. So think about the channel, write for that channel. Don't write for, don't write one thing for all any kind of random hopeful channel. Just be really intentional about it. That's a quote that I always use and always fumble it. So, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, nice job and definitely relevant for the conversation. Got to ask you just before before we get out of here, talk to me about the the name Flying Cat Marketing. Where, oh. where is it? What's the origin story? Where is it coming from? <laughs> it's a funny origin story from here. My cat. Uh, so I lived, I lived in a, well, it was a four story building. Technically they called it the fourth floor, but you have to go up three flights of stairs before you get to the first one. So it's mm. kind of like a seven story. Anyway, I lived in the top one and I uh, had a, a street cat named buddy. He's my cat now, my pet. And I would just leave the window open and let him come in and out as he pleased. And then one day he just jumped off the roof, broke a bunch of bones. They found him in a pool of blood. He's fine now. And then after a while, we went to the vet. He was in his little casts. And they they said that he had something called parachuting cat syndrome, which apparently is a, like an actual mental disease where cats just want to jump off of stuff uh, that's really high. And after he healed, I thought it was hilarious, honestly. So that's what it, that's, that's what inspired the name. And the little the little uh, mascot is actually just a drawing of my cat. 
I love it. That's not so fun for the for Buddy at the time, but good for. I, I think that's a name that is unforgettable. So uh, <laughs> well done. Where you, you shared a lot. Where can people find you if they have questions or want to connect? Yeah, definitely the best place to connect with me is LinkedIn. I post a lot of content all the time about this. And then my connect with me, I basically accept everybody unless you're pitching me right in the connection. <laughs> and then uh, and then my website, www.flyingcatmarketing.com. I have the, the you can find the podcast there. Uh, and I record weekly as well. We will put all those links in the show notes. Maiva, thank you so much for coming by and dropping your knowledge. Um, This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, Brett. I love the structure. I love the format. I love the way she's thinking about SEO content, how they work together and how she communicates that back to her clients. Go check out her stuff. Link is in the show notes. Follow her. She is bringing it on LinkedIn. I'm seeing her posts all the time. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. Have a nice, safe holiday, and we'll talk to you soon.